story of psychology, based on the work of Dr. C. George Bore, with your host, Professor Todd. Part 1, The Ancients, The Early History of China and India. Early Chinese History With nearly 4,000 years of continuous history, China is one of the world's oldest civilizations. Prior to the 19th century, China possessed one of the most advanced societies and economies in the world. But through successive dynasties, it then missed the Industrial Revolution, and it began to decline. In the 19th and 20th centuries, imperialism, internal weakness, and civil wars damaged the country and its economy, and led to the overthrow of imperial rule. Historically, the cultural sphere of China has extended across East Asia, with Chinese religion, customs, and writing systems being adopted to various degrees by neighbors such as Japan, Korea, and Vietnam. Throughout its history, China was the source of many major inventions. It also has one of the world's oldest written language systems. One of the earliest known specimens of Homo erectus was discovered in a cave in China. Now commonly known as the Peking Man, he was estimated to have lived between 300 and 780,000 years ago. Around 1500 BC, we see the rise of the semi-mythological Shang Dynasty. This was a feudal kingdom that dominated the Yellow River Basin and established a number of small cities, most of which were in what is now the Henan province. It is during the Shang Dynasty that Chinese symbolic writing was developed by the dynasty priests. In about 1000 BC, we see a new dynasty called the Western Chao, also centered in what is now the Hunan province. It also consisted of many smaller feudal kingdoms, all with allegiance to a head king or emperor. Much of their cohesiveness was due to the constant need to defend themselves from the surrounding barbarians. The Eastern Chao dynasty began in 770 BC. And this period was marked not only by constant warfare with the barbarians, but considerable warfare among the various parts of China as well. Culturally, peasants had become more valued in this period due to their importance in warfare, and the merchant class had become more important. It is this period that saw the introduction of money. During this dynasty, some of the most significant philosophers made their appearance. Confucius, 551 to 479 BC, introduced a philosophy that combined ethics with religious traditions, a philosophy that would dominate Chinese political structure until the 20th century. At about this same time, we see Lao Tse introducing a more sophisticated version of a traditional nature worship called Taoism. While Confucianism 
would be the formal philosophy of the high court, Taoism would eventually profoundly influence the Buddhism introduced later. From 403 to 221 BC, China was split into a number of warring states. This time, from about 2100 BC to 221 BC, is referred to as ancient China. In 221 BC, the Qin Dynasty became the first ruling dynasty of imperial China. Qin was a border state in the west of the previous centers of Chinese civilization. In fact, we get the name China from their dynasty. The Qin established a highly centralized state, along the same lines as the Roman Empire, and standardized measurements, weights, and money. It was also during this time that construction began on the Great Wall of China. This was an effort to keep out the Huns, the same people who would threaten Rome not too much later. From 206 BC to 9 AD, we see the Western Han Dynasty. Han was a kingdom just south of the Chao Kingdom in what is now Henan. The Han Dynasty defended the Huns and in approximately 100 BC defeated and sent them on their way toward Europe. This helped to expand their territory to the west. It was at this time they established the famous Silk Roads, travel and trade routes to the Middle East, which were used for trade with Persia, Rome, and India. From 25 to 220 AD, the Eastern Han Dynasty took over and oversaw a great flowering of their civilization. Trade with Rome and others in silk and porcelain was booming. Paper was invented at about 100 AD. From 220 AD, we have the period of the Three Kingdoms, followed by a period where China was divided into separate northern and southern empires. The north was invaded by a combination of the Huns and the Turkish tribes, while the south went through a series of dynastic changes. In 379 AD, Buddhism became the official religion, living in harmony with Confucianism and blending with Taoism. China was reunified in 581 under the Sui dynasty, whose policies were taken over in 617 by the Tang dynasty. During this period, the written civil service exam became established in 606 AD. This system would continue until the communists took over in 1951. The Tang dynasty lasted until 907 AD. The 900s was a period of rapid dynastic turnover, and we see a reversal of the fortune of the Buddhists who became actively persecuted. In 960, the northern Song dynasty provided stability, although only by paying tribute to the Mongols. This reduced to the fear of invasion and allowed the dynasty to have some breathing room in which to grow. The southern Song took over from 1127 to 1279, still paying tribute to the Mongols, but overseeing a second renaissance of culture and economics. During this period, the Chinese language was codified. Literature 
painting, and porcelain flourished, and both printing and gunpowder were invented. In 1196, Genghis Khan became the supreme ruler of the Mongols and their Turkish and Tartar allies, and proceeded to lead them into China, taking Beijing in 1215. At the same time, Genghis Khan sent his troops as far west as Poland and Hungary. When he died in 1227, his empire was split into several smaller units, ruled by his various sons. The Mongols would continue to rule the steppes of Russia well into the 1400s, until Ivan III finally liberated Moscow in 1480. Marco Polo, an Italian adventurer from Venice, visited China during this period and brought back stories of wealth that would make the Chinese goods nearly as sought after as they had been during the Roman Empire. Sadly, in 1325, China suffered from one of its greatest famines, which killed 8 million out of its 45 million population. In 1368, the Mongols were driven out of China, and the Ming Dynasty begins. It has a strong centralized government, which was founded on Confucian principles. The capital was moved to Beijing in 1421, where it would remain until the present day. The Great Wall of China was extended to about 1,500 miles. The Ming Dynasty oversaw another renaissance with novels, maps, great architecture, porcelain, and a new medical technique that we call acupuncture. The Forbidden City was the Chinese imperial palace built during the Ming Dynasty in the middle of Beijing, China. The complex consists of 980 buildings that cover about 7.8 million square feet. The name, the Forbidden City, referred to the fact that no one could enter or leave the palace without the emperor's permission. In fact, this isolation also translated into the Ming Dynasty's approach toward the rest of the world, beyond the empire. European trade was limited to the Portuguese colony of Macau. From 1644 all the way to 1911, China again was ruled by barbarians. This time, the Manchu, from the northeast of China. The Manchus, being of limited number, were anxious to use the existing structures of Chinese bureaucracy and blended themselves with the native population as much as possible. In fact, they saw the greatest population growth in history and expanded the empire to its present extent. At first, they encouraged trade with the Europeans, but would later close the empire to all foreign trade. On January 1st, 1912, the Republic of China was established, heralding the end of dynastic rule. By 1916, however, China was politically fragmented. Warlords in various regions exercised actual control over their respective territories. By the late 1920s, Chiang Kai-shek was able to reunify the country under its own control, moving the nation's capital to Nanking and implementing political tutelage 
a one-party rule by his own party. Between 1937 and 1945, while the rest of the world was observing World War II, China was engaged in the Second Sino-Japanese War. With the surrender of Japan in 1945, China emerged victorious, however, financially drained. This led to a resumption of an earlier Chinese civil war between the nationalists and the communists that finally ended on October 1st, 1949. The Communist Party of China, led by Mao Zedong, gained control of most of mainland China. The government of the Chinese Nationalist Party, led by Chiang Kai-shek, retreated to the island of Taiwan. Since 1949, mainland China is administered by the People's Republic of China, a one-party state under the leadership of the Chinese Communist Party. While the island of Taiwan and the surrounding islands are administered by the Republic of China, a democratic multi-party state. After the Chinese Civil War, mainland China saw a dramatic improvement in life expectancy, leading to an explosion in population. A series of disruptive socioeconomic movements started in the, in the late 1950s, with Chairman Mao Zedong's Great Leap Forward, and continued in the 1960s with the Cultural Revolution. After Mao's death in 1976, forces within the party that had opposed the Cultural Revolution, led by Deng Xiaoping, gained prominence and abandoned most of the political, economic, and educational reforms that had been associated with the Cultural Revolution. Deng Xiaoping initiated gradual market reforms that abolished the communes and the collectivized industries of Mao, replacing them with a free market system that lay the foundation for mainland China's rapid economic development starting in the 1990s. Despite a long history of isolationism, China has become a world economic player, producing most of the goods sold in the United States, as well as holding a great deal of American debt. In early 2011, China surpassed Japan, becoming the second largest economy in the world. If the current relative growth rate persists, in about 10 years, China's economy will roughly equal that of the USA. Early Indian History The name India is derived from Indus, which is derived from the old Persian word Hindu, the historic local designation for the Indus River. India is a region of historic trade routes and vast empires. Four of the world's major religions, Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, and Sikhism originated here. While Zoroastrianism, Christianity, and Islam arrived in the first millennium AD and further shaped the region's culture. India was gradually annexed by the British East India Company in the 1700s and colonized by the United Kingdom in the 1800s. India became an independent nation in 1947 
after a struggle for independence, which was marked by nonviolent resistance and led by Mohandas Gandhi. Let's look at the history of ancient India. Sometime around 1500 BC, a group of people who called themselves Aryans invaded the Indian subcontinent and came to dominate most of the original Dravidian people. The Aryans spoke a language distantly related to the Western European languages, and they came from the steppes of Russia. They brought with them what is known as the Vedic religion, which would eventually result in a series of books called the Vedas. As the Aryans settled in, they developed the caste system. The Indian caste system is a system of social stratification and social restriction. The top two castes were composed entirely of Aryans, the Kshatriyas, or warriors, and the Brahmins, or priests. Below them were a mixed group of peasants, called the Vaishyas, and the subject Dravadians, called the Shudra. Below all of these were the various peoples of the jungles, as well as the slaves of the original Dravadians, which were called pariahs, or outcasts. This hierarchical caste society would last officially until British rule, and continues informally even today. Around 500 BC, several people in the process of searching for enlightenment would shake the caste system. First, there was Siddhartha Gautama, better known as the Buddha. He preached a stoic lifestyle involving moral living and meditation that would develop into the rich philosophy of Buddhism. The other was Vardhamana, called Mahavira, and his follower Jaina, who believed that suffering was due to the mixing of spirit with base matter. Spirit and matter must be separated from each other by means of fasting, asceticism, and chastity. Their beliefs would become the religion called Jainism. In the late 300s BC, the troops of Alexander the Great knocked at India's door and would remain a significant presence in Bactria, just northwest of India. These Greeks would be the only Westerners to adopt Buddhism, and they would take part in introducing Buddhism to China. Chandragupta, king of Maghada in eastern India, where Buddha preached, established the Maurya Empire, controlling most of northern India. His grandson, Ashoka, 272-231 BC, is one of the most famous figures in Indian history. After a particularly bloody battle, he swore off killing and embraced Buddhism. Among other things, he established laws based on Buddhism and recorded them on stone pillars and monuments all over northern India. He also sent missionaries as far west as Egypt and Greece, whose effects on Western thought are still unknown. Unfortunately, his empire was divided among his descendants after his death, and India again became a land of many small feudal states. 
The next major event for India comes around 50 AD, when an Indo-European people from Western China invaded India from their base in Bactria. In 320 AD, lasting till 535, the Gupta Empire would permit a cultural renaissance, including a blossoming of poetry, drama, and other literature. Beginning around 430 AD, the Huns would start nibbling away at the Gupta Empire until its collapse. This was followed by another period of short-lived empires and smaller states. From 700 AD on, we see a major change in the subcontinent. First, Buddhism, the dominant religion of India, would gradually be driven out by the Brahmin caste and its supporters, and replaced with a revitalized, if very conservative, Hinduism. Second, the Muslims would enter India from the west and slowly expand to rule over the northern half of the subcontinent, all the way to Bangal, which is now Bangladesh. In 1206, the Sultanate of Delhi was established, an empire based on Muslim theocracy and military might. Nevertheless, India prospered during this period and greatly expanded trade with the Near East. The Sultanate would last until 1526. Despite Muslim rule, the caste system continued. Now with Muslim rulers at the top and native Indians were kept poor through harsh taxation. The Muslims accepted Hindus as people of the book. That is what they called Jews and Christians in the West because they shared the same biblical tradition as the Muslims. As long as the Hindus kept to their place in society, they could go on worshipping as they typically did. Buddhism, however, the Muslims found threatening. Buddhist monasteries, temples, and books were destroyed. This Muslim oppression of Buddhism has continued even to the present. As with the destruction of ancient giant Buddhist statues in Afghanistan in 1998. It was in 1498 that the Portuguese discovered a sea route to India, circumventing the hostile Muslim empires in between, and establishing a trading settlement that would become Calcutta. In the early 1500s, they went on to colonize Goa, Ceylon, Bombay, and other coastal spots. The Mughals, led by Babar, a descendant of the Khans, invaded India from their stronghold in Kabul, Afghanistan, and defeated the Sultan of Delhi. By 1576, they would take over all of northern India. The Mughals, although Muslim, were very tolerant of the Hindus and even the Jesuits, and declared the Edict of Toleration in 15. 83. A number of syncretic sects were developed during this time, the most famous of which is Sikhism. The Sikhs were founded by Nanak, 1469 to 1538, who blended Islam and Hinduism and other philosophies into a strong egalitarian religious culture, where each man takes as his last name Lion, and each woman Princess. To this day, 
The Sikhs provide the backbone of the Indian military. The Arab Muslims and the Mughals, although outsiders, brought another period of renaissance to India. They established libraries and universities, contributed greatly to literature, including updates to the great Indian religious texts. And they founded a new style of Indian architecture, exemplified by the great Taj Mahal. In 1612, a new player entered the scene. The British took over the Portuguese colonies, beginning the Indian colonial era. Beginning in the mid-18th century, India was gradually taken over by the British East India Company. The population of the country was divided into Muslim and Hindu traditions. The British then employed divide and rule in British India as a means of preventing an uprising against the British colonial rule. With the Muslims and Hindus fighting one another, they would not be attacking the British Raj. Dissatisfaction with the company led to the Indian Rebellion of 1857, after which India was directly administered by the British Crown and witnessed a period of both rapid development of infrastructure and of economic decline. During the first half of the 20th century, a nationwide struggle for independence was launched by the Indian National Congress and later joined by the Muslim League. From 1920, leaders such as Mohandas Gandhi began popular mass movements to campaign against the British Raj using largely peaceful methods. Gandhi led by example, wearing a minimum of homespun clothing to weaken the British textile industry and orchestrating a march to the sea where demonstrators proceeded to make their own salt in protest against the British monopoly. The subcontinent gained independence from the United Kingdom in 1947 after being partitioned into the Union of India and the Dominion of Pakistan. Following this controversial division, rioting broke out between the Sikhs, Hindus, and Muslims leaving some half million dead. Also, this period saw one of the largest mass migrations ever recorded in modern history, with a total of 12 million Hindus, Sikhs, and Muslims moving between the newly created in nations of India and Pakistan. One year later, after gaining Indian independence, Gandhi was assassinated. However, the profound impact that Gandhi had on India and his ability to gain independence through a totally non-violent mass movement led many people in his homeland to recognize him as the father of his nation. Today, India is a state armed with nuclear weapons, having conducted its first nuclear test in 1974. From the 1950s to the 1980s, India followed socialist-inspired policies, their economy was shackled by extensive regulation, protectionism, and public ownership, leading to pervasive corruption and slow economic growth. Beginning in 1991, significant economic reforms have transformed India into one of the fastest growing economies in the world.
modern psychology has been influenced by the cultures of Chinese and Indian history. For instance, contemporary discussions of organizational psychology and human resource management often mention the work of Sun Tzu in his Art of War, an early handbook on personnel management. Ancient Chinese philosophers, such as Confucius and Lao Tzu, are still studied and quoted for their wisdom. Chinese medicine was linking the brain with psychological problems over 2,000 years ago. However, the greatest contribution of ancient China to modern psychology has been in the field of mental testing. 3,000 years ago, Chinese officials were testing workers for their talents, intelligence, response speed, personality characteristics, and mental attributes. Testing programs, test batteries, and the civil service exam probably came into Western consciousness during the 19th century, whether from British missionaries or executives of the British East India Company who copied the Chinese system for selecting employees for overseas duty in 1832. The contributions to modern psychology from India were varied. From the days of the Vedas, Indian sages were interested in understanding and controlling human mental processes. Early Buddhists offered guidance for human growth and betterment through their studies of sila, or morality, samadhi, or concentration, pana, wisdom, sita, the mind, dukkha, suffering, and vinana, consciousness. Other Indian traditions and indigenous therapies, such as yoga, meditation, Vedantic psychotherapy, and Sufi psychotherapy, have been applied to strengths-based or positive psychology in America. Literary works, such as the Bhagavad Gita or even the Kama Sutra, have been used in Western psychology, their ancient wisdom integrated with modern scientific research on related topics. However, for both India and China, despite the contributions of their ancient cultures, modern psychology was mostly a transplant from the West. For the most part, Western psychology was introduced to China and to India, and then integrated into their existing traditions, rather than the other way around. In fact, for China, psychology was introduced, then eradicated under Mao, then reintroduced, resulting in a limited penetration of psychology into modern Chinese culture. Considering that both China and India had traditions of philosophy and that modern psychology drew heavily on Western philosophy at its beginnings, and considering that both China and India had varying degrees of scientific accomplishment, another prerequisite for Western psychology, one might ask why an independent psychology did not form in either Chinese or Indian cultures. There are reasons, and those reasons deserve deeper consideration. Not only for what they teach us about modern psychology, 
but also for their cautionary lessons about the consequences of ideas. In our next lecture, I will explore the question of why psychology did not begin in China, and we will learn some important lessons about dangers of thinking or beliefs that can lead us astray from good scientific and psychological achievement. Thank you.